would you describe your prayer life? I'm guessing we all feel that there's improvement to be made in the area of, of prayer in our spiritual lives. And, and that's why, uh, one reason why we're starting off this year, 2024, with 21 days of prayer. And, and as, as I've said, for the next three weeks, you're encouraged to pray specifically, uh, for your personal lives, but also for our church and, and for our community. Prayer is, uh, is fundamental to our lives as followers of Jesus. It's how we communicate with God. If we're not praying, then we're not communicating. And if we're not communicating, then there's not going to be much of a relationship. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones once said, there is nothing that tells the truth about us as Christians so much as our prayer life. And Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Prayer is, is one of the primary ways that we experience the presence and the grace of God. And yet I think that, that, that we have some, I don't know, maybe some confusion, maybe just some misconceived notions about prayer and, and those misconceptions keep us from praying like we, like we should, like we could. Uh, maybe we make it more complicated than it is or, or we, we don't pray as often as we should or, or we get intimidated because we think other people pray better than us. Uh, so, so first off, I, I want to just start out by giving us a, a little bit of a list of what prayer is not. Uh, prayer is not, first thing, prayer is not just for your saintly grandma. Sometimes we think that prayer is just reserved for the really holy people, right? Uh, that's, that's what, well, grandma's praying for me, I know that, right? And, and so we, we don't pray much because we, we figure, well, they've got it covered or uh, we can't really do what they do. We might have the notion that, that we need Bible words in order to pray correctly. We think we just can't pray right. And so, so we don't, but, but that's not true at all. In, in fact, Jesus himself said that that's usually trying to use all those big fancy words. Usually that's the wrong way to pray. Matthew five verses six through eight says this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your closet, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is where, right there in the middle, talks about going in your closet. Maybe you've heard the term prayer closet. That's where, that's where that term comes from. Go into your, not, not specifically a closet necessarily, but, but a place where, where you can get alone with God. Just the two of you. And, and when you're there, use whatever words you want to. It's kind of like a, uh, a little five-year-old girl that I read about. Her, her father walked past her room one night and, and proudly noticed that she was kneeling beside her bed praying. And so he paused and listened from the door. But as he listened, he heard her praying in all earnestness, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And then she went through it again and again. And finally she said, Amen. And her father came in and got down beside her and said, man, it's, honey, it's great that you're praying, but, but uh, tell, me, tell me what all that alphabet stuff was about. I, I don't quite understand it. And, and, and she said, well, well, God is really smart, I figure. And when I don't know what to pray about, I just say the alphabet and then he figures it out for me. 
Use whatever words you want. Maybe you need to pray the alphabet. There's scripture to back up that when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. We'll, we'll uh, dive into that in the coming weeks. But, but uh, all that to say, prayer is not just for your saintly grandma that has all the saintly words, right? Anyone can pray, no matter the words. It's your heart that counts. Prayer is not just for those holy people. Prayer is also not just a church thing. Some people uh, might think that prayer can only be said by the professionals at church, right? Be- before and after a class or, or during the service. Uh, when I'm with family for the holidays, many times since I'm a pastor, I'm asked to pray for a meal. And usually I tell them, sorry, I can't. I'm on vacation. I'm not, not going to. And then I usually pray anyway. Uh, it, it's not just for the professionals, right? Uh, I think some people think that that uh, prayer is just a theological topic, maybe. And it's not really, nobody ever really prays, personally. It's just this thing we talk about, uh, not in the real world, but 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 prayer can't be just a church thing reserved for the, the professional Christians, right? And uh, along with that, prayer is not just a religious ritual that we walk through without without meaning. Sometimes we think that prayer is just what we recite. Right. Or as long as we say the right words and we, we maybe we read them off a page or, or recite a, a prayer that we learned somewhere along the way, then then uh, then we're good. Uh, a lot of times, though, so that, that it seems like the, those words that we say aren't even reaching the ceiling, let alone heaven. We can get into a habit of of just going through this routine and this ritual, but not really ever connecting with God. We're just we're just saying words. Uh, I'm not, I'm not putting down written prayers or, or prayers that you may have learned. They have, they are deep and rich with meaning. But if we don't mean them when we pray, then, uh, then we're, we're just reading words. Uh, it, it, those, those things are incredible ways to pray, but only as those words become the desire of our hearts. So it's not just about reciting words. Prayer is not something that you're either good at or you're not good at. I, I think we need to realize that. There, there is hope because prayer is learned. Uh, no one is born this, you know, big, tremendous prayer, right? Uh, uh, the only thing, I, I don't know if you realize this, the only thing recorded in Scripture that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them specifically was to pray. He, was, he prayed and then they said, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, other than that, I mean, there were a whole lot of other things that Jesus taught them. The one thing that, that they thought uh, they really needed to ask him to teach them was to that if, if he's, they're asking Jesus to teach them, then that means that they're going to learn and they're going to grow and they're going to develop in this possibility, this, this, uh, this habit of prayer. You can learn how to pray. You can learn to effectively communicate with your heavenly father. It's, it's not a skill that some people are, are just good at. Uh, but, but prayer is for all of us. Something else that prayer is not. Prayer is not something that you can do without. Over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus praying, connecting with his While it's still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 6, 12, one of the, those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night Praying to God. Luke 9, 28, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 26, 36, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus was always praying 
And so, as I could tell you in any, uh, any other aspect of a sermon, be like Jesus. Well, one way we can be like Jesus is that we need to be people of prayer. We need to be connecting with God. Jesus was, was uh, uh, living here on earth. He's God's son, and he prayed more than all of us. <laughs> and so we need that connection with God. We need to pray. We can't do without it. We can't live the life that God wants us to live without prayer, without a healthy prayer life, without seeking that connection with God. Uh, just one more thing that prayer is not, uh, which I think we get confused a lot. Uh, prayer is not just how I get stuff from God. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that usually takes up the bulk of, of our prayers. Uh, and yet it kind of misses, misses the point. Prayer for many of us uh, can tend to be self-motivated, right? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray so that God will do this for me. Uh, well, and we saw that a lot with, uh, with that video a few minutes ago, but uh, I'm going to do this so that God will give me this, or God will bless me in this way, or God will intervene on, on this, or God will help that person. I, I need money, I'll pray about it. I, if someone's sick, uh, then we better pray about it, put it on the prayer chain, uh, that, then they're, they're gonna get, uh, we're going to tell God what he needs to do in their life. You're, you're going through something bad, you tell that, tell that person, I, I tell you, you're in my prayers, I, I'm praying for you. But prayer isn't just, and, and I don't think even, even uh, uh, the, the, the first thing uh, isn't that prayer is about getting stuff from God. Uh, I mean, does God answer prayers? Of course. And he encourages us to ask him, but, but that's only one of the purposes of prayer. The point of praying is not just to make God do what we think he should do. Prayer is not just about getting stuff from God. Well, you say, okay, pastor, you told me all the stuff that prayer is not. Well, number one, I didn't tell you all the stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that prayer is not. But I think we need to uh, uh, shift gears a little bit and drill down on what prayer is. Um, I, I, I think we can make prayer just this topic, maybe a big topic, this thing that, that we want to do just right. But I want you to know that, that prayer, prayer isn't really about prayer in itself, just like your phone isn't about your phone. Stick with me. I know that's a little complicated. Here we go. Your, your phone is a tool, right? It's, it's a device that helps you connect with other people. Uh, you, can, you can choose to look at it or, or not. Uh, you can choose to look at it a lot if you want to, or you can put it on vibrate and check it occasionally, or you can turn it off and forget about it, right? Uh, when you do, it's not really about your phone. Your phone doesn't get its feelings hurt because you turned it off and tucked it away, right? It's not about the phone. It, it's you're limiting your interaction that you have with the people that might be calling or texting or posting. And, and so, so it's not about the phone. That's just the tool to help you connect with the people. When you ignore the tool, you're ignoring the people. Your phone isn't really about your phone. It's about the people you're connecting with through your phone. Prayer is a tool that connects you to God. And you can choose to use it as much or as little as you want. So when we talk about prayer, it's, it's not really about prayer. Uh, it, it, it's about connecting with God. It's about growing in your relationship with God. You, you don't get brownie points for praying longer or, or uh, being more consistent or, or uh, 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 do, doing things more than someone else. Or, or maybe your prayer list is, is 12 pages long. And, and so you think that's, I mean, it's all about connecting. Are you connecting with God or not? Prayer isn't really about prayer. It's about using that tool to connect you with a God who loves you. 
Years ago, I ran across this quote from Annie Dillard, and, uh, and I love the ramifications of it. She says, you do not have to sit outside in the dark. If, however, you want to look at the stars, you will find darkness is necessary, but the stars neither require nor demand it. You do not have to pray. If, however, you want to be close to God, if you want to sense his presence in your life, if you want to see him work on your behalf, if you want to, uh, to have his character be building and developing in you, if you want his peace to settle down over your soul, prayer will be an important part of your life. God doesn't require it or demand it unless you want to connect with him. And so... If, if prayer is how we stay connected with God, if, it, if it's all about the relationship, then I think it's important to see that it's, it's not about performance. It's not about being good at prayer. I, I mean, sure, there, there are ways we can learn how to pray more effectively and, and, uh, and, and, and ways to connect uh, in, in, in uh, better ways and those kinds of things. We can learn prayer. We've already talked about that. But, but really, it's, it's, it's about connecting with God. And so it's, it's not, well, I said all the right words and I did all the right things, so I get a check mark and a star on the chart. I've, have I connected with, I mean, connect with God in a, in a whole lot of ways? And when we connect with God in those ways, when we connect with him in prayer, there are, some, there are some very cool things that, that happen in our spiritual lives. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that, that happen. I, I want to focus on three things today that, uh, that, that happen and if you are experiencing a healthy prayer life as, as we kind of kick off this month focused on prayer. First of all, you'll be communing with God in order to intimately know, love, and worship Him. In prayer, we commune with God. We get to know Him. We, we, uh, we, we spend time with Him. We, we understand Him. We, we, uh, we, we allow Him to, to know us. Uh, the more you pray, the closer you get. The more you know God's heart, the more you can discern His will. You'll fall deeper in love with Him. Prayer provides close communion with God. I, I love uh, Paul's prayer to the Ephesians in chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God." In that, oh, it's, it's great uh, poetic imagery there, but I, I love how it talks about we're going to know something that it's impossible to know, right? Uh, you're going to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Well, we're not going to know it or understand it so much as we're going to experience a relationship with God, knowing God's love and his presence, even when we don't really understand how it all works. That's, that's what prayer can do. We commune with him. It, it connects us closer to God. When we when we ignore prayer, when we get too busy, when, when it, it, uh, we let other things creep in and, and pull us away, when we don't spend time with God, we won't have that time to commune with Him and get to know Him more. Another thing that happens when we pray is that we conform our lives to God's will and to God's way. We, we start to become more like Him. When, when you spend time with God in prayer, you'll not only discover His will and, uh, and His way, but you'll want to follow His will and His way. You'll, you'll align yourself with his character. You'll, you'll look more and more like Jesus the more you pray. 
I mean, this is, this is true in life. You, you start to become like who you hang out with, right? In high school, I hung out with the cool kids. I mean, you probably knew that. Um, you probably could have assumed that, that I was in the cool. Just kidding. I, I mean, according to me, I thought that, but I'm sure a lot of people would tell you differently. But, but we did. The, the group I was with, I mean, we'd do the same things. We enjoyed the same stuff. We, we talked alike. We dressed alike. We, we did the same thing. I mean, we even at times dated the same girl. I mean, at different times. But you know how they, how they, we listened to the same music. I mean, uh, we were big U2 fans. And, and if you went in my bedroom in high school, you would have known that. I had posters and banners and it was probably playing on that boombox cassette player. I mean, just old is what this means. Why am I going into this? So I, I bring all that up to say that, um, that I also had in high school, as many of my friends had, I also had awesome black suede boots. I don't have them anymore. I tried to find pictures, and I think, hopefully, I have burned all those pictures. The uh, suede boots and the parachute pants were, uh, were a lo- it really was a thing. At least I thought it was a thing. My wife is shaking her head because she knows that it was definitely not a good thing, but it was a thing anyway. And, uh, but I wasn't the only one. We all, we had the, we had the pointy suede boots. I mean, it was goofy, but, but we were together. We hung out together. We did the things. We thought it was cool. Everybody in that group thought it was cool. And so we, we became like each other because we spent so much time together. <laughs> you become like who you hang out with. Are you hanging out with Jesus? If you're becoming a person of prayer, then you'll become more like Jesus. You will conform your life and your character to his way of life. Around here, we we talk about, we use a phrase called seeing Jesus in the mirror. It doesn't mean that you're going to grow a beard and wear a toga. It means that his character is being formed in us. Because we're spending time with him, because we're learning from him, because we're growing closer to him, we begin to understand his character and we, we see his character being formed within us. Your character will continue to change and become more like Jesus as you spend time with him. So we are communing with God we are conforming our lives to, to who he is and becoming more like him. And, and then we're also connecting with and advancing his kingdom, right? God's kingdom and power and glory. We're, we're focused on what he's doing, not just in our lives, but, but in the world. Uh, we, we begin to, to see him move and work in the world and we see him fulfilling his plans, uh, not just for us, God, do this for me, but, but we see him doing his work, the kingdom work in the, in the, in the world where we live. It's not just going to be about my agenda and what I want to see happen. When we pray, uh, uh, we, we pray that God's will would be done. We, we want to see his power unleashed, in, not just in our lives, but in the world. I, uh, I've never been much of a, a, a fisherman or even out on the water a whole lot, uh, but I have been on boats. Probably all of you have been on a boat at some point in your life. I've been on vessels as large as a cruise ship and as small as a canoe, and probably everything in between. Um, and, and it's funny, they, they kind of all operate the same as you're coming in close to the dock, and, and many of you have a lot more experience with this than I do. But, but for the bigger boats, you know, the, the crew on land, uh, they, they get close to shore, and someone throws a, throws a rope out to the dock, and they, they coordinate things, and they get things all. For the smaller boats, you, uh, almost always there's something, uh, they usually call it a boat hook. 
and go ahead and put that picture up, David, uh, that, that pole, you know, and it's got a hook or a, a little loop or something, and, and you're reaching out to, to grab the, the post or a, a, a little, you know, thing on the dock that you're going to grab, and, uh, and, and then you're going to pull yourself close, and uh, so it doesn't, you're not just slamming right in there, but you're going you're to get connected and all tied up and all those things. And E. Stanley Jones says that that's a great picture of prayer. <laughs> I, I love that image. Catch this. He says, if I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or I do, do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. I, I love that image because so many times we think that prayer means pulling God to me, getting God to do the thing that I want him to do. God, do this, uh, go there, make this happen. And probably yesterday, because we really need this to happen, God, and, and we know best and we need you to just come in. We've made the plans. Now you just bless them, God. Just bless those plans. We've got it all under control. Uh, just, just do your thing. We're trying to pull God to us. In reality, prayer pulls us to God. We align ourselves with him and, and, and it helps us see life from, from his perspective as we connect deeper and deeper with him. It's not about just getting things from God. It's not just about uh, having God intervene in ways that we want him to. It's not necessarily even about changing God, right? Prayer doesn't change God, it changes you. It's not just about getting things from God, but it's about desperately seeking connection with him. I hope that we can get rid of the notion in our minds, am I good at prayer? I, I just want to be good at prayer or at praying. That's, that's not the point at all. If we're going to ask ourselves a question and evaluate this whole aspect of prayer, I think the question to ask is, am I desperately seeking to connect with God? Of course, God answers prayer. He wants us to pray. He, he tells us to pray. He has instructed us on how we should pray. He expects us to pray. But before we ever pray to get something from God, we has, have to desperately want to get to know God. And it's in the context of that relationship that he pours out his blessings, not always giving me what I want, but giving me everything I need. Oswald Chambers, the point of prayer is not to get answers from God, but to have perfect and complete oneness with him. So I guess the only thing I can say is one more instruction, and maybe I've been saying it all along, pray. <laughs> Over the next 21 days, I invite you to pray. When you have great, awesome mountaintop days, pray. When you have awful, deep in the valley of darkness days, pray. When everything just kind of keeps on going mediocre and it's needing a high or low, but it's just kind of dull and boring, pray. It's only in prayer that you can commune with God and, and get to know him intimately. And it's only in prayer that you can understand and, and conform your life to his will and his character and his ways and see him develop you to become more like him. And it's only in prayer that you will connect with and access the power of God to see his kingdom come and his will be done in the world. I'm, I'm excited. There's nothing magical about the next three weeks. Uh, you know, I 
your pastor picked it out on the calendar and thought, well, that, that makes sense. That'd be good. First of the year. A lot of churches do it. Why don't we? There's nothing magical about three weeks. I hope that when day 22 comes, you keep praying. How about that? You could even use the same list. Uh, you can update the list. There's space in there to write in your own requests and all the things. I hope that this doesn't just become a ritual thing or, or something that you just ignore. Oh, yeah, the pastor's wanting us to pray, but I don't really have time. I, I hope that's not the case either. But, but I hope that, that, that this starts to develop or redevelop or reignite your relationship with God. There's nothing magical about the start of a new year. I, we, our minds kind of focus on new beginnings and all those kinds of things. But, I mean, it's we got... We got days, and that day goes to the next day, and the next, and that we've got time. And, and, and how are we using our time? One way that we have to be using our time is to connect with the living God who wants you to know Him intimately. 